that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh, my goodness. It says, don't be conformed to the world. The world wants us to conform. It wants you to conform individually, and it wants the church to conform. Let me tell you what's going on with the United Methodist Church right now. They're having a split. They're having a split because the church wants to remain um, biblical. That's the word, biblical. And elements in the church wants to be less biblical, and they want to go ahead and ordain. Um, they want to have gay marriages and ordain gay priests and things like that. And, and some of the church want to remain biblical, and some of the church want to be unbiblical. And so they're going to break up. They're like the second largest Protestant denomination in the country. Right? Now, this also happened with the um, Episcopal Church earlier, right? And the Church of England separated from the Episcopal Church in America because we got too liberal. The, church, the Episcopal Church got too liberal, right? The world wants us to conform. The world wants you and me and us and everybody else. To, now, see, public schools have already conformed to the world. Social media has already conformed. The entertainment and society has conformed to the world. You cannot, we are told not to conform to this world. Not to be poured like a jello, poured into a mold and it, and it solidifies and you got the shape of some kind of thingy before you eat it up. We're told not to be conformed, but to be transformed. Right? You know, and so that's it's our purpose to be a transformed people and transformed individual. Okay, so we're not, and we're transformed. When we transform, we we bec we want to be biblical. Amen. Say that word with say biblical. biblical. Amen. You don't have to argue about these things, right? Um, I listened to Bishop Jakes on TV or radio, I forget where it was, I was listening to him, and they was asking him about the gay life and things like that, and he says, it doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what the Bible says. Right? And said, Bishop, you're right. It's about what the Word says. And we want to stay in the Word. We want to be biblical. Now, you will be called a bigot. You will be called prejudiced. They'll even call you racist. Because they like to use that race. They like to you pull out the race card. You know, black folks aren't the only ones that pull out the race card. You know that? You know, white people pull it out too. You know? And say, that's racist. That's not racist. You know? Anyhow. No, I had a, I had a little black boy say, it's because I'm black, right? And I looked at him and said, I wanted to call him a name. But I was speechless because I'm trying to control myself. <laughs> Anyhow, but the world wants us, we have to be, we have to remain biblical. Amen. And the only way to remain biblical is to have your minds renewed. And the renewing process is something that goes on, on and on and on. It's not just a one time, I got a new mind, and I'm going in 2020 with a new mind, I have to have a new mind every day. Every day, I have to have my mind renewed, and the way that I have my re mind renewed is to stay in the Word. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Okay? Stay. By the re be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, if I have my mind fixed right, I can do better with my body. Okay? You know, and I, I, my body, if my mind is right, I will do better with my body. I will control myself because I have a renewed mind. Amen. See, when you got saved, when the Lord saved you, he made you a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. But you have to renew it and renew it and renew it. Amen. So you take the book out of the library, and you have a due date on the library book. Do you all still go to the library? You know, you have a due date on the library book, and that day is coming up, and so I want to keep the book. I got to go and renew, the, I have to renew the book. Or I have to renew my subscription to the magazine or to whatever. I have to renew my, my subscription to, um, to one of those things like um, Pandora or, 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 or the thing I have in the car. I forget what it's called now. Yeah, the Sirius XM. I have to renew those things. Okay? And we have to renew our mind. I'm not saying that your mind expires. <laughs> even though some people, they challenge that. We're not saying that your mind breaks down, gets old and stuff like that, but, but we have to renew it, you know. Maybe it wears out a little bit. It has to be renewed. And so we stay in the word. The other way we renew our mind is by what we hear and what we take in. What we see, what we hear, what we take in, you know. Uh, if we take in stuff that's healthy, we're going to stay healthy. It's just like feeding. If you feed yourself healthy food, you'll have a healthy body. Or you'll have a healthier body. We'll put it that way. Amen. Amen. And so if we take in junk, it's hard to renew our minds when we're receiving a lot of junk in our eyes and our ears. Right? In our thoughts, you know. It's hard to renew your minds when you receive a lot of junk. But it says renew your mind. Right? That, that you may prove, it means prove it by testing, what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And see, who you have to prove it, to whom do you have to prove it? You have to prove it to yourself. You don't have to prove it to God because he knows all this stuff. You don't have to prove it to the devil and the world because they don't care about you like that anyway. But you have to prove it to yourself. You have to prove to yourself through testing that this is what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right, man? You have to prove it to yourself. You need to convince yourself that what you're doing is right. You need to convince yourself to be biblical. You have to convince yourself to obey God. Because there's elements around you and even inside you that's challenging that. Amen? So you got to get your mind right. And by getting your mind right, I'm talking about we have to Get, have, we have to be open to have your conscience has to be exercised and you have to be open to hear from God and the will of God and to do right. Amen. See, conscience is a beautiful thing. And folks who don't have a conscience aren't healthy. But see, some people can, can, can resist their conscience, their own conscience so much that it gets weak. But what we have, the Holy Spirit and your conscience works together to keep you right, to keep you on the right track, to warn you and, and to help you, to keep you out of trouble. You know, you know, when we get in trouble, it's because we did not heed the warnings. 
You know, when we yield to the temptation, we did not heed the warnings. There's warnings all over, right? There, there's warnings like traffic signals and things like that. Because if, you know, because the um, Bible says that laws are for the lawless. And that's who we are, naturally. And we need laws and rules and regulations to go by. If everybody loved God and loved each other, we wouldn't need all these laws and rules. Because we just treat everybody right. But since, we don't, since we're not that way, we need laws and rules to help us. All right, so here we go. It says, and be not conformed. Don't be, tr don't be poured into a mold and shaped by somebody else. But be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, prove it to yourself. Through testing, you prove it to yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You got to prove it to yourself, saints. I need you to flip with me over to um, Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1. Psalms are, the, are songs and poetry and instruction too. If you have your Bibles, oh, it's almost in the middle of the Bible. If you just open your Bible out to the middle, you probably hit the Psalms. <laughs> Psalms 1. Blessed is the man, that means happy or or even blessed, is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, or chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You know, that really doesn't need much commentary, does it? You know, and so what the word is telling us to do is consider who you're with. You know, consider your company you keep. Uh, let's picture it this way. You walk in the way, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel, and then God counsel is advice and things like that, right? Amen. So imagine walking with some ungodly folk. All right? You walk with them, you might be going the same direction. You, you talking and stuff like that. We have conversations with people. You have some, you have some ungodly friends and associates. Yes, you do. Right? But you don't walk in their counsel. Amen? And so, so you're so comfortable with these sinners that you sit down with them. We used to be sinners too, so we get comfortable. You know, yeah, 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 um, you, you know, you, you, um, no, no, before we sit, we stand. We stop. We stop and talk, you know, and then, and then while we're talking, we're so comfortable, we sit down together, have a cup of coffee or things like that, right? All the time engaging in this bad company. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you can't associate with your coworkers and relatives 
and classmates and folks like that. We're not saying that kind of thing. But what we're saying is they should not have such influence on you that you receive their counsel. Okay? Right? Because the word of God calls them ungodly. It calls them sinners and calls them scornful. Right? And we used to be that. But we're not that anymore. But in contrast to that, you delight in the word of God. Well, just humor me. <laughs> but his delight is in the, word, in the law of the Lord, the word of God. And in his law does he meditate day and night. The meditate means to think on it. Actually, the word means, it means murmur. You know, you ever um, talk under your breath? You know, I used to get in trouble for that. You know, you talk under your breath. And so, so you, when you meditate on the word, you kind of talk under your breath. You, you know, you read the word out loud, and you, and you repeat it, and you rehearse it, and you try to memorize You memorize it, and that's meditate on the word. You wonder what it means, you know. Today we meditate on the word by going to commentaries and looking it up and checking to um, see what it means in the Greek and the things and the stuff and like that, right? Because we want to we wanna understand it because this, you know, especially if, See, I grew up with the King James Version, so I'm kind of used to it. But if you're not used to this stuff, you need a different translation, right? And, and so you meditate on the word day. So day and night, the, we are being instructed to go into the word. Amen? And it says, if we behave this way, if we take our counsel and we take our advice and our instructions from the word of God, Okay, we'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I'm talking about a tree with deep roots that is always well fed. Okay, not like those trees that break when the storm comes. You know, because the trees got surrounded by concrete and stuff like that and mess with the roots. And then when the storm comes and the snow and the rain and the cold, these big old trees start breaking. You're not going to be that kind of tree. You've got to be a tree planted by the rivers of water, but a tree in the field where the roots reach down to the river, all right, and you're well-fed and nourished, okay? If we stay in the Word, we'll be well-fed and nourished, and it says here, we'll be like that tree, and we'll, bring, we'll be fruitful, and uh, the leaf will not wither, and whatsoever we do will work, prosper. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you make every good decision, you make all the good decisions, right? But it says what you do will prosper. Amen? But the ungodly are not so. You know that. And the ungodly like the shaft, which the wind drives away. The shaft is, is, is the wheat. See, the wheat, and I really don't know about this stuff. I only read about it. Right? But some of you farmers understand this. You know, the wheat. You know, you have this wheat, and they have the threshing floor, and they would take the wheat, and they would hit it. Right? And then they would lift it in the air. And the covering of the wheat is so light and so, so light and worthless that the wind will blow it away and the grain will fall back down. Okay? And so, so the ungodly like the shaft, which the wind drives away. The wind drives them away, man. They're like the shaft. They're, they're not going to last. You know, sometimes we get upset because we see the evil prospering, what appears to be the evil prospering, right? And, you know, David said, my foot almost slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. You know, that kind of thing. Don't, don't get upset about that stuff. I mean, I mean, uh, sorry, let me put it this way. Don't stay upset about it. Get upset. I don't like it, but don't stay mad. Don't stay angry, 
all right? Don't stay upset about that stuff, you know, because it doesn't make us upset, you know, shucks. And, okay, and so the ungodly is not like that. And in so many words, the ungodly would not be able to stand in the judgment. When you get judged, when you go to judgment, you're going to stand there before God. You're going to be able to stand before the living God, before the righteous one. Because he made you righteous, you'll be able to stand before him. Not in your own, not in your own merits. Not in your own righteousness, but in the righteousness of Christ. You'll be able to stand there. Can you imagine before the awesome brightness of the living God, you'll be able to take it. The ungodly and the unrepentant sinner will not be able to do that, y'all. He's not going to be able to do that. And they're not going to be able to stand in the congregation, not going to be well to, to congregate with the congregation of the righteous. You know? The, the unrepentant sinner cannot do that. That man, that woman, that child outside of Jesus Christ, outside of the grace of God, is not going to be able to handle that judgment. You will be able to handle it. You're going to be judged for your works, but you're going to have righteousness on your side. The righteousness that Christ gave you as a gift, not as a promise, but as a gift. There's a difference. All right? You have that gift of righteousness. You have the gift of salvation. You have the gift of righteousness and holiness. It's a gift towards you. Now we need to behave like we're holy, right? Amen. So what are we saying? We're saying here that we need to conduct ourselves in certain ways. We need to remind ourselves who we are. We have to stay biblical. We need to know what the Bible says. We, we read on our own. We study on our own. We go to church. We get preached and taught to. We, we attend the class. We sit in the class. Amen. You should come to our adult Sunday school class. It's excellent. Right? We have other classes, and we learn what the Bible says, and you cannot learn too much. You cannot fill yourself up to the point where I don't need any of this anymore. Because no matter what you learn, no matter what you read, there's always more to learn. And if you think you know everything, then you also can get different understanding. Amen? There's some things I thought I understood back in the day, and I understand it different today. It hasn't changed. <laughs> There's a change in me. I understand it different. Amen. So here's what we're saying. We're saying that, saints, we need to stay in the word. We need to um, submit to God, resist the devil. We need to put our flesh under subjection. We need to abstain from some things out there we need to abstain from. To abstain means you don't participate. It's okay to say, no, no, thank you. I will not be attending. Amen. It's okay to say that. It's okay to say, no, thanks. I don't, I don't do that. Amen. It's okay to have a standard that's higher than the standard of some people you're around. Okay? I'm not saying that you're going to be standoffish and you're going to be a hermit. You're going to be a monk and you don't associate with folk. You know, I mean, we're not a cult because you can't win souls if you don't interact with them. Amen. I'm not saying, you know, go to the wedding reception. Go ahead. Go to the class reunion. Go ahead. Do that. You know, let them folks see you now <laughs> and compare, contrast or compare what you used to be back in high school. 
you know, it's okay. But what we're saying is that remain biblical. Amen. That's what we want to do. We want to remain biblical. You're already holy by the grace of God. You're saved by his grace. And then we must be biblical now. And that we do, we have to determine to be biblical in our walk. Not just when we're around folk, but every day. Especially when you're by yourself. Amen. Because I know, I know how to act when people are watching. When I'm in company, I know how to act. I'm on stage, I know what to say. I know what to do. But when I'm by myself, I need to know how to act then too. I mean, I know how to act then, but I need to choose to act right. Amen? Amen. Come on, we're going to stop here at this time because we run out of time. Let's stand together. It's first Sunday, so we went a little long, but it's okay. It's important for us to understand these things, right? And some of the stuff you heard over and over again. If, you, if you've been here a little while, you've heard these things before. But the gospel hasn't changed. The, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The gospel is the same. His word is the same. And that's why we repeat it, you know? It's not really redundant. It was just going over what we know. Amen. It's practice. The athlete practices, the musician practices, the doctor practices. You know your doctor practice on y'all? The lawyer practices. And the preacher has to practice. And you and I have to practice too. Amen. So we just practice the stuff we know so we can be good at it. And we want to be biblical. Say that, say that word, biblical. biblical. That's what we need. We need to be biblical. Amen? That's the word that Reverend Amos likes to use all the time. You know? You've got to be biblical. Right? You know? And that's what we need to be. We need to be biblical. And that is not a gift. That we got to practice. We got to work at it. And we got to determine to do that. Amen? Amen. So, but if you're not, if you can't, or if you're not sure, we want to offer you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, because Jesus has provided salvation for everybody. He's provided for us all, but everybody doesn't take advantage of it. Amen. Amen. And, and what we have to do to take advantage of this is to trust him. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. We believe that he died for our sins because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We believe he died for our sins, and he was risen again from the dead. And he's alive today. And we also believe that he's in heaven, and he makes intercession for the saints. Amen? And so we want you to be able to participate in that. We want you to be able to say yes to the Lord. We want you to come to Jesus. You know, they, they have the term, they call these come to Jesus moments. It's usually when something awful is happening to you. And you're like, you have no other alternative. We don't want you to wait for that opportunity. We want you to come now. Say yes to the Lord. He loves you. He wants you. He accepts you the way you are. 
You know, you don't have to clean up. You don't have to dress up. You don't have to fix things up first. You can come as you are, and you can bring your stuff with you. Amen. If you have issues, uh-huh, come. If you're not sober, you can still come. Right? If you're, in, if you're in trouble, bring your trouble with you. Bring it to Jesus. Right? If you're hurt, bring your hurt too. Your guilty conscience, take that, bring it to Jesus. He can work with all that stuff. He can work with anything you have. And he'll save you. He'll secure you. He'll give you life and that abundantly. Amen. And I'm not saying that you're going to just run into money all, all of a sudden. We're not saying that. Okay? We're not saying that you're going to be a different person. You're going to be a new creation, but you're going to be the same person. Right? You know? You're going to look in the mirror. You're not going to look different. You can look at your hands. Your hands will not look new. But you will be renewed. And you can stay renewed. You can stay renewed if you, if you just give Jesus a chance. If you haven't done it already, why don't you do that? Matter of fact, ask the person standing with you, have you done this already? Answer. Make sure they answer you now. You know? You can be saved today just for the asking. Saved from judgment. Saved from guilt and condemnation. Saved from fear and dread. You can be saved today just for the ask. Just believe in Jesus. Just where you're standing, where you're sitting, you can be saved today. Just believe in God. Amen? Now, if you hear you desire prayer for some other reason, you could come. And the ministers will pray with you. Before we serve communion, we'll have prayer with you if you desire prayer. If you desire prayer, you need to come now. Amen. You may be seated while those who come are coming.